the British Wrestling Experience with Martin, Ollie and Benno. Hello and welcome to episode 6 of the British Wrestling Experience right here on Post Wrestling. I'm Benno and here as always is Ollie Court. Hey there Benno. Hey Ollie, uh, this week uh, it was it was going to be just the two of us, but we couldn't do this without drafting in the the big guns. So as we'll be talking all the big news coming out of WXW 16 Carrot Tournament, who better to join us than the man from MLW Radio's Eastern Lariat, CageMatch.net, and PureLove.com? It's Strigger. Strigger, thanks for joining us this week. Hey, uh, thanks for having me on this show. It's actually it's my first show to look back at, back at 16 Carat Gold because I've been so busy the last two couple of weeks and. Uh, yeah, let's see how it goes. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, you've had a couple of weeks to, to stew on it and give the uh, all the hot takes. It's uh, it's funny. I, I've never seen so many uh, podcasts like this one uh, due to come out. Lots of reviews coming out. Has it has it been strange yourself, but being a German and noticing more and more of Brits and Irish and otherwise uh, coming over to Germany as WXW continues to grow. Yeah, you know, actually, WXW has been pretty smart about this. Um, unlike unlike other promotions, there have been really bad ex- examples that lockout media are are really not that uh, gentle to media, to to hmm. put it mildly. WXW is very um, open for any kind of media sources, so they they open open they send out open invites to their six and carrot and to their tag league shows, and through that. They really have been able to to create a giant buzz around both uh, 16 Carat and Tag League, and I think the buzz that 16 Carat has gotten by now uh, is unmatched in WXW history. But uh, they've also been pretty smart about that, um, as I said. Yeah, that's it. I've, I've never experienced anything like it in British wrestling. I mean, Ollie, this was your second Carat Live. You went over to Oberhausen yeah. for Tag League as well, didn't you? I mean, I mean, for for people who maybe aren't familiar, can you can it's can you tell them a bit what it's like to, to be traveling over there and then maybe the significance of, of this tournament now in the European wrestling calendar? Yeah, but, well, they do these uh, bi-yearly uh, big weekends, essentially, the 16-carat tournament in March and the World Team League tournament in October. And for the last couple of times, well, both of both of those tournaments last year, they were running uh, a media center, which mm. we got invited to. Um, and yeah, basically, it's... Not quite accessible areas, but like it's a, like it, it's a window into the world of WXW, and like it's run so professionally. Uh, we get given our own sort of stage to hold the press conferences with the wrestlers, which is always really cool mm-hmm. to sort of pick their brains a bit, um, and also get to have lunch with CMJ and like the office team that they have there, and it's all it's all very informal and conversational. I guess, and they want to learn as much from us as we want to learn from them. So I think it's it's been a good relationship so far between WXW and the press. Mm-hmm. And like Stricker says, it's certainly given them a hell of a lot more coverage. And I think a lot more people are watching 16 Carat this year because of that. So it's been very beneficial for them in that regard. Yeah, yeah it's a, it's actually kind of kind of a what you would call in football a mixed zone. It's uh, it's the back entrance of the Turbinenhalle. And it's right on the way to the backstage area. 
but it's not the backstage area, so it's 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 mixed yeah. on the rest, rest, wrestlers. <laughs> you can wrestlers sort of see and, the backstage area yeah. from yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> there is no also this, this um, old WXW ring which they use as a training ring. You can also see that from the media center, but uh, you can't go any further than that. No. Yeah, we, we made that mistake on the first day. This was my first trip out, and we uh, had our media passes, and we thought, oh, that must be the way in. We, we went to the media center earlier in the day, so we'll try and get into the show this way. We got shouted at angrily, and we ran away. It was. Uh, <laughs> we, we, it's cool. Yeah. I mean, Sometimes do... that's for the best. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Well, with some of the surprises that were happening this weekend, I'm sure they were uh, desperate to keep yeah. those kind of things secret. But, yeah, they treat us well. There's the balcony area as well, isn't there, where uh, the media uh, is set up for uh, the views lines aren't always the best there is the only thing i did see some members of the media up there crouched up typing away writing match reports and other members of the media like myself folly and i think you trigger as well we were on the floor taking in the the atmosphere but yeah i echo what both you guys say i was just blown away by the professionalism of the company uh, there's no pressure either the you know the happy for you to give an honest take when it comes to reviews although it's nice to go for a meal with the owners and to chat to them and, and to get some insight <laughs> there's there's no pressure there either um, but yeah, it's, I've never been uh, taken care of so well by a promotion, and yeah, I was blown away by that, and just blown away by the production as well, the lighting, the big screens, mm-hmm. everything about the the presentation of WXW. It's, it's major league, unmatched it? on the Indies, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely insane. Also, it's not only great for WXW shows, but also for these smaller town shows. There's a there's a town um, near the place that I live now. They have a it's, it's really nothing more than a town hall. But they brought their um, the small set that they have with them, um, put it up there, and they also had some amazing lightning. So uh, lighting, so that 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 looked incredible as well, just for a small small town show. Um, it's 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 really something that WXW that that put WXW on the map internationally, I think, because the the level of production, as mm-hmm. Oli said, it's it's in, for an independent promotion. It is, it is completely insane what they are able to do with um, when you consider that they are not a major promotion. Um, and for for the media center, it's it's still it's I think it was the fourth no third time they did it right. Yeah, third, third time. I think it's 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 still kind of in the trial and error phase because Definitely. for the first for the first media center at, at last year's 16 carat we had the uh, entire area on the balcony for us right. and now we just had had a small small um, small section of the balcony for us and they are still trying to figure out what's best for them and what's best for their guys um, up on the balcony. Um, I, I believe next next um, time at Tag League it will be di- different again and will be for the benefit of, of everybody uh, on the balcony. Definitely. I think it was... The, the the phrase is sold out at the curtain, but it was sold out at the balcony. The amount of wrestlers that were up there for, <laughs> for some of the big matches. Uh, I mean, we should get into the shows because we're, we're going to talk the, the big stories come out of, out of 16 Carats and the biggest story and the biggest match where it really was sold out at the balcony was Ilya Dragunov's return. Um, this was during the main event of day two. It was billed as the, the biggest match in WXW history, a, a singles match between Volta and, and John Klinger. And Volta previously won the right to, to name the stipulation of that big uh, big match for the WXW title and would you know he'd use the stipulation to make it a three-way dance and out came the winner of last year's 16 carats Ilya Dragunov uh, 
I've never experienced the pop quite like it uh, live in any building, and I can't think of many on tape either. I mean, it was something else. Strigger, have you have you heard the Turbid and Howler as loud as it was when when Ilya made his his big return to WXW after being gone since January? Never, never that loud. I think the only thing that that comes close is Ilya winning last year's uh, 16, 16 carat. Uh, you know, you talked about it. We. We weren't watching the shows from the balcony. We were watching the shows from the bleachers that they put up there, hmm. and that is that was really a a conscious de- decision by me to watch the shows from within the crowd because the the crowd at 16 Carat and and on those weekend uh, shows that they do on these uh, triple head shows that they do, it's always so special and especially with people coming from all over Europe bringing their kind of kind of chance to Germany, mixing it with the German chance. There was one thing that I really liked about the WXW London show the last time I was there in October too. The mix of different people from different regions in Europe coming over. It's so unique and that's why I wanted to to experience that from within the crowd and this insane insane reaction from the crowd. There are people just... I can't describe what how how I felt during this entrance because I was just trying to to hug everybody uh, near me and uh, and as you mentioned they are trying to to keep their secrets and I have a very good friend who's the um, referee uh, shooter Schulz Felix Schulz hmm. and he's from the same area in Germany where Ilya is from and when they go to the WXW shows they usually travel together and from Thursday until Saturday, he didn't say a single word. But right as Ilya made his entrance, <laughs> he stood right beside us watching us. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I, I've heard lots of stories like that about when they, they, they snuck him into the building and people were, yeah. were told to turn their backs and uh, <laughs> had to get out of rooms that he was coming in. They, they went a long way to, to make this surprise. And yeah, as you mentioned, Trigger, there were strangers hugging each other. There were people dancing in the crowd and into the streets after the match as well ollie it was just it was absolutely something else wasn't it and it was the payoff to some incredible yeah. storytelling from wxw we had layers of, of story here both between walter and klinger and between Ilya and walter there was just there was lots going on here and it, it just it pays off doesn't it wxw rewarding the fans for for playing close attention and, and being invested in this story yeah, the three participants in this match, Ilya, Walter, and Bad Bones, John Klinger, have been really the three guys. They've been main eventing their biggest big shows with over the whole previous year. Obviously, Ilya and Walter were the 16-carat finalists, the five-star match, the top 10 <laughs> match of the year last year. Um, and that was such an incredible moment and experience. And they got to repeat some of that in this match with Dragunov, uh, Chess getting obliterated again um which was really special to see but also obviously dragonov versus bones the man who sort of sent him out the promotion for three months um and they held like dragonov could have beaten Klinger in october last year at tag league but they held off on it and held off on it for seven more months and managed to get uh, <laughs> uh such a bigger moment out of it because of it and i think that sort of protection of kayfabe and as Jacoby said to us on the sunday morning <laughs> after this match he said you know kayfabe isn't dead and you can use it to your advantage as he did here and it meant dragon having to sacrifice 
nearly three months worth of matches and not turning up to shows and not taking any bookings that's a hell of a sacrifice for this one moment but it, it shows that everyone is on the same page in wxw at this level and they really wanted to make this moment special and they delivered it so brilliantly yeah Exactly, and for for Walter, the reason that he chose the stipulation is he said that he he owes Ilya Dragunov one. Um, I think the the level of respect the Walter character character has for Ilya Dragunov is is is, is immense, and on the contrary, nobody likes bad bones because <laughs> he's the leader of Rise. He he is the one that has been has been. Um, Putting this group together that has held WXW hostage for the for most of 2017, and he was the one that defeated Ilya Dragunov twice. And Walter also said that with um, with his rise guys, he had the advantage for for a long, long time. But but since 17th anniversary in December, that wasn't the case anymore. And and especially after Walter beat Bad Bones in the Käfigschlacht. Um, that hasn't been the case anymore. So he ha was able to choose to choose the stipulation. And as he wrote on Twitter after uh, after the weekend was over, he said, "I'm fine uh, with this for now." So <laughs> it was more more about getting the belt from Bad Bones than anything else. Yeah, that's it. He'd been saying in promos, hadn't he, that he he, he wanted to take the belt off Bad Bones, and he was never entirely specific that it was it didn't necessarily have to be him did he and that's echoed there in those tweets and the story after it i mean the payoff of the match was Ilya winning the belt um which like i mentioned earlier led to people shedding tears dancing out <laughs> to the streets of oberhaus and it was utterly incredible perfect payoff uh you've now got a new world champion in Ilya dragunov uh what did you make it you two guys make of it as a match uh three matches can be hit or miss sometimes but i thought with the with the three guys in there and with the, all of their history like ollie said you, we got a lot of uh interplay between the three i thought bad bones mm -hmm. in particular was so good uh, just even his reaction as as uh as Ilya came out at the start and yeah. him just playing spoiler in the match and and kind of getting in the way and just being this perfect heel i mean what did you make of it as a as a three-way match as opposed to the, the singles match that we were we were initially advertised well um i feel like i was there for this the whole way through right from the first entrance from walter coming out and everyone putting the scarves up humming the <laughs> tune that was such a great entrance and even topped by bones's entrance with the live band he he looked like he was on the wrestlemania stage like <laughs> he, that was probably one of his single best performances just in the entrance alone um and obviously dragonov's return you know i think i was part of like a 16 person hug with you sugar <laughs> <It's just laughs> the irish contingent just yeah. huddled around and you know big mike kilby crying and <laughs> it was just a very emotional moment um but like the the difference between just you know a return pop like that versus the sustained just excitement for like a good 25 minutes half an hour in this match after that entrance was something else like the atmosphere didn't die down after dragonov came back it was the whole match through his intensity was just feeding off the crowd it was brilliant to see and <laughs> there's really no big match wrestler quite like Ilya dragonov he's one of the best in the world at that style of garnering that kind of reaction with the Umbasigba chant um, and just the way he wrestles and he puts it all on the line and he makes you believe in the story and <laughs> that's a special thing for a wrestler to be able to do. 
I was completely there for this. And like you say, freeways aren't always the best, but because of the way this was laid out, because it was the three big characters all meeting and paying off their interactions for the whole year previous, you know, this was pretty much close to perfect for what WXW do. Absolutely. I mean, the finish of the match was uh, was him hitting the torpedo, Moscow, and a burning hammer, which on the uh, the English commentary on the VOD, Alan Farrell called burning hammer and sickle, which I just thought was an absolutely <laughs> brilliant call. Uh, Strigger, where do you think we, we go with Ilya now on the, the night after? He had a, a great singles match with Matt Riddle. He seems to be starting out uh, hot as a, a defending champion. We've got lots set up now haven't we there's potential for a walter match there's potential um for a singles match with, with bad bones where we can we can see um if Ilya can slay that dragon in a singles match just lots of places for wxw to go now yeah first of all to the match itself you mentioned it ben on that um that bad bones played spoiler and as when when Ilya came out it, everybody was pretty sure that he's going to win mm. that he was going to win the match but but in, but, but when the match took place Batbones played spoiler and because he had had uh, Ilya beaten twice before um, there was some doubt about it and that was the great part about this match just an amazing amazing main event match in a three way situation here and yeah from here um, I'm going to talk about the the late the winner um, absolute Andy later on here mm-hmm. in this show this is kind of a weird match that's probably about to happen with Ilya and Absolute Andy, and I really can't imagine how how that's going to be. But with WXW, they have been they have been so great lately. I'm absolutely giving them the benefit of the doubt here. Um, the other two guys, Bad Bones, will for sure come for a rematch, and of course, Valta has already mentioned that that he will he will be back in the title picture eventually. So they should have a good half year of heavyweight match, heavyweight title matches and storylines for the heavyweight championship laid out here uh, up until uh, World Tag League where we'll, where we are probably going to get another big main event on the Saturday. So it it really um it it created a new top player with Ilya Dragunov and people were ready to accept him as such um at last year's Tag League. But the, they they held off the only thing that um, that is uh, that kind of is um, a a spot that WXW that, that WXW doesn't really well well didn't do really well in uh, their history is having a face champion on top, mm. and that was in in history in WXW history sometimes due to the fans' reactions because whenever there was a face on top. People turned on him, <laughs> and then they had to basically had to turn him heel. Like one of the most recent examples is when they tried to push Axelita Junior as a face, and people rejected him. And um, I don't think that's going to happen with Ilya Dragunov because they just were able to to push him as this absolute genuine baby face, and not as and not as a wrestler that they tried to force down people's throats. Mm. I think everyone needs to go see the uh, three-part documentary about him, which they made, because, you know, he is sort of an otherworldly character, but they humanize him a lot in that. And that was just before his his December match against Klinger, which was his last match before leaving. Um, And that just shows 
like what makes him tick his his family life what he values in life and like his philosophy and it's just <laughs> it's so so good and then you can't help but love the guy after watching that <laughs> he's just a, a lovable underdog fighter isn't he even on he's rejoined twitter hasn't he and some of his tweets have been fantastic just inspirational <laughs> stuff about going out and fighting and, and grabbing your dreams he's just he's, he's a great everyman and he's a great underdog and yeah like you said there's hopefully uh, history won't repeat itself there with him as babyface champion because he's got so many of those great qualities and he's got so many great challenges set up I mean you mentioned Strigger the other big story coming out of Carrot we're almost burying what would usually be the lead uh, Absolute Andy won the 16 Carrot Gold tournament um, he had an incredible uh, final match with David Starr where the atmosphere was just absolutely electric. There was kind of a minority of fans cheering for Absolute Andy, who is a, this mega heel in WXW, but there's just there's a couple of fans cheering for him, but they were getting drowned out by the <laughs> massive cheers for David Starr, who he's just the naily man it's almost it's a tragedy isn't it it's a wrestling tragedy david Starr's story he was he came so close here yet again only to be outdone by absolute andy i mean firstly uh strigger did you did you have any inkling going into the tournament that absolute andy might be the winner he he caught a, a lot of people by surprise here and what did you make of the story they told here in the final with david Starr? i was absolutely sure that going in that david Starr would win 16 current goals mm. but He's another another one of those guys where they are still holding off of the payoff, and um, well, we're going to see where that leads us. If if they are smart, there is a payoff in the end for David Starr as well. Um, he has different different goals in the big stuff right now, but the the most uh, obvious goal for him is to beat Walter. But he was also de- devastated by not being able to conquer 16 karat gold, so maybe there is um, something to conquer for him next year as well. For for Andy, I didn't have him winning Carrot going in. I didn't even think about it, to be honest. But it kind of makes sense if you look back, because at the Tag League, he sucked the life out of Tobin Halle <laughs> after after he he super kicked his former tag team partner Mario, partner Marius Alani, and I think it was a smart decision that they had them paired for the first round that they that they had Marius lose the match because there is much more for Marius in the chase than for beating him at 16 carats so so early on in their feud and in the end Andy winning created with him well not not created but established him again as a as a very big force in WXW, a force to reckon with, because Absolute Andy for, for a long, long time has been a wrestler that has, in different occasions, had main event matches that, that had main event matches in WXW, but he never was that big of a main event player for WXW. He was a main event player for other German promotions, um, most notably German Stampede Wrestling, where he was a, a heavyweight champion. Um, but he never, never really, um, made the big, big name in WXW, even though he was the champion before. But now he has the chance to really uh, solidify himself as a crucial part of WXW as they not only conquer the German market, but also expand to international uh, markets. Yeah, it was, a, it was a ballsy move to have Andy win because obviously he's not you know, a big indie name. He's not like a guy making loads of noise coming out of Germany, like a Walter or a Dragunov that like people around the world will have heard of. He is kind of just the German star, and but 
it's this character that they built for him in the last few months since the turn that ha- has a lot of legs to go places. And I think this win gives him just sheer ammunition. I, I can't wait to watch Shotgun tonight and just see what he has to <laughs> yeah. say for himself because he's going to be gloating. He's going to be an absolute bastard. And <laughs> like, I feel like he's a character that everybody knows someone like him. So he's got that sort of cartoonish, um, you know, wrestle character, but also it's grounded in reality. And I think that's what kind of makes it work and kind of gets you get, he gets under your skin because of that. Yeah, he's got like this veteran aura, hasn't he? He's, he looks much older than his, his, his years too. I was shocked <laughs> yeah. to find out. I thought he was in his forties and he'd been out for, for years, but he, I believe he's only in his mid thirties. He's just, yeah, he's just, he's just great pure heel and just to, to go to what both of you said there, I think a lot of people expected the story of this match to be, okay, he's made it to the final. That's a bit of a surprise, but surely he's just there to be the heel that, that David Starr uh, finally conquests, but, it wasn't to be um and it just didn't go that way there were there were points in the match where you know he hit two f5s to david star <laughs> picked him up off the ground hit one off the second rope which some people around me weren't impressed when uh, when david star kicked out of that but i would say in a match like this where the stakes are so high and you've got a character like star who's such a a great underdog who's trying to get his big win i think there's there's a place for that in a match like this i think this is where you do that big kick out but yeah, just like I mentioned, it's a bit of a reg- wrestling tra- tragedy. Just as start the set looks, the stage looks set for Star to come back and and get the big win. Andy hit his A class A class dominator, and it was over. Strigger just like that, just an absolute tragic story for David Star, but first class storytelling from WXW. I suppose they they gave us something to be happy about on night two, and, and here they gave us the sad ending. Exactly, yeah. The, the, the first class storytelling was that in the end David Starr wasn't able to win. You mentioned all the kickouts in the match. It was again a walk on the razor's edge, just like Ilya Dragunov's storyline. Because had David Starr won, I think people wouldn't really have, ex- have, have accepted it after this match because he kicked out of everything that mm. Andy th- uh, threw at him and at, at some point I just I just thought that's too much mm. if Star is winning people are going to turn on him but luckily they they made a good decision to have Andy win this match and I, I remember when, when he kicked out of these when David Star kicked out, out of the F5s I turned to Mike Kilby who mid 16 carat turned and uh, became the biggest Andy fan of them all. <laughs> <laughs> I turned to him and said, man, Kilby, he's going down now. <laughs> but uh, it didn't happen. Absolutely any one. 16 karat gold. It was a great final match with a lot of great near falls. Yeah. And uh, for Andy, it it was it was a coronation of a, of a great career that he had so far in German wrestling. I think the first time that I saw him live was in 2004 when he was Ghetto Boy Andy. <laughs> um, he was still very young in his career. I think he's in 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 his I think wrestling for 15 years now or something like that. And so he's a veteran, still still not old, but uh, but a certified wrestling dad, as I learned on wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> he is everybody's dad. <laughs> 
what did you make of his run here, Ollie? He is uh, on the way to the, the final absolute, and mm. he had some cork in matches. He was someone I was going in not expecting huge things from. I mean, yeah. his match on the first night with uh, with Mario Salani, the the big Rudge match there, we just gave something different and gave a main event to that first show that it that it was uh, lacking with Ian Simmons being out injured and not being able to do the match with David Starr. He had a, a great little match with Matt Riddle and a, and a really good semi final with Tim Thatcher. I thought it was a, a great tournament for Absolute Andy. Yeah, his matches were a lot more slower paced than a lot of other matches in the tournament, but I thought, you know, that helped differentiated him a bit. It meant that, you know, he everybody got got in got in on the booing with him. Like <laughs> nobody could have liked Andy after the way he wrestled the matches, <laughs> stalling and, you know, locking on his, you know, cloverleaf submission and you know, making you root for the other guy and obviously the way he won his matches against uh Alani and Riddle playing into each other he gets knocked out in five seconds by riddle but because his foot is like barely under the rope the match gets restarted whereas of course on night one he knocks alani's foot off the ropes after the pin has already been counted but gets the win anyway what a bastard How about you, Strigger? What did you make of his matches there? I thought the, the Tim Thatcher match, the, the semi-final, I mean, that we talked before about, I, I really expected Tim Thatcher to be going through to, to the final here, and that was, it goes to Ollie's point about, it was kind of a clash of styles. We had the very deliberate placing of absolute Andy trying to cheat his way to victory, and Tim Thatcher being the, the purest wrestling babyface in the world, trying to submit Andy, and in the end, succumbing to the uh, nefarious tactics. Uh, what did you make of that one, and uh, of Andy's tournament as a whole? Yeah, three completely different matches and going into the finals here with Alani, with Riddle and with Tim Thatcher and then this amazing uh, exchange of big moves in the finals. So Absolute Andy, as a singles competitor in the, in six and carat, I think he has really proven himself to be at that at that level because I really liked his matches. Um, Oli had pointed out how his matches went and uh, it was a great contrast to what people really expect from a guy winning a tournament because mm-hmm. you usually usually expect as you mentioned the under underdog in David Starr going through and in the end conquering the the big threat the big heel that is in the way <laughs> but here they they went in a different direction and it completely worked definitely uh, is there much to be said for, for David Starr then? I mean, I thought he had a, a great tournament as well. Um, like we mentioned then, his match with Yane Simmons was off, so he had a, a solid opening match with Emil Satoshi, but I thought his matches with uh, with Travis Banks and Keith Lee were uh, among the, the best of the tournament. That Keith Lee match especially, where uh, Starr won with the, the biggest Canadian destroyer I think I've <laughs> ever seen in my entire life in a superb big man, little man match. I think he had a, he had a really good tournament himself, uh, even if it was a, a losing one. Yeah, it was a great tournament that David Starr had. I liked how he won his matches with this crushing lariat to the mm. face of his opponent. Yes, exactly, exactly. Um, I'm just looking at the matches. The matches that he had were rather short, but they were so action-loaded that you really didn't think that the match with Sitochi was under eight minutes and the match with Travis Banks was just six minutes and 19 seconds. Um, his match with uh, Keith Lee was 13 minutes then. But, um, yeah, it, it, it was really tough for David Starr to come back here after his match with with um, Jörn Simmons was off. That yeah. obviously was the big match going into 16 karat besides Andy and Alani. That would have been a great first round match. But Emil Satoshi is always there when WXW needs him. He has been 
around in WXW since I think the very early beginnings in 2001 as back as uh, Luchadores Hitochi back then uh, and, and and he's always a great utility player that, that you can put on in, in any kind of situation and this was his situation to be in it was his role to play and he uh, he played it perfectly definitely I think uh, his role was kind of to be that guy who scrapes through that Keith Lee match especially you mentioned the, the shortness of his matches but I think that was kind of playing into the stories the tournament went on and he was just managing especially that Keith Lee match just managing to barely get through with that, that desperation Canadian destroyer I mentioned before I thought yeah he had a he had a really good tournament I mean uh, Ollie is there, is there anybody else who, who jumps out here maybe the people who didn't quite make it as far as the, the semis who, who had uh, notable tournaments mm. that you think people right. are going to be talking thought, about yeah <laughs> uh other than another name who we'll uh get into later i thought the big standout of the weekend maybe from people who didn't know who he was before was lucky kid mm-hmm. uh who just had a tremendous match against tim thatcher i thought probably my favorite tournament match of the entire tournament against thatcher and also a star showing against Matt Seidel, where I thought really he won the crowd over, and that was like the moment Lucky Kid as a single star who they can really do something with was born. And obviously his crazy face paint, Prince Devitt like, and inhabiting that persona like crazy. Yeah. He, he's got a really good act going there. I think Devitt slash Balor. As much as it's fun when he puts the face paint on, I my criticism of him is that he doesn't really play up to it as a character, where I thought yeah. Lucky Kid was <laughs> fits his character perfectly, because he is kind of that creepy weirdo, and everything he does makes sense to that character. Even the way he moves in the ring and the way he hits his, his offense trigger, he is this character when he comes out. And I would say, yeah, as, as a foreigner who'd not seen much of Lucky Kid, uh, I came away hugely impressed with him. Who would have thought? He had a, an opening round match with Matt Seidel, and he came out much felt like much the bigger star and the Turban and Halle crowd were much more behind Lucky Kid than they were uh, Matt Seidel the, uh, the X Division champion yeah he's the one Rise guy that WXW fans really accept and like mm. and that's just because he is just this unique character he has this character completely down he he is invested into his, his into his character very much but he is also a very good wrestler and he also is very young still he's 25 years old has already toured Japan twice well not really toured but he has has been in K dojo has been training with the K dojo guys over in Japan and besides his match with with um, Timothy Thatcher that I also thought was one of the best tournament matches in 16 Carat. I also really liked his match with Matt Sadella that you had just mentioned. And mm-hmm. some people were surprised that he beat Matt Sadella, but I was I was completely sure that he yeah. <laughs> advanced to the second round, so I really don't know where that comes from. But um, Lucky Kid, they, they have been building him up very slowly, and that's something that WXW has down like few other promotions have it down to build up someone slowly just we just we'll we'll probably talk about him but Bobby Guns is another example of that mm. and he has been in this tag team as as uh, the Young Lions with his partner Takan Aslan and they have now transitioned Takan Aslan in, in the manager position for Lucky Kid and now Lucky Kid is kind of going into the singles direction but not as a a new face to WXW fans because he has been WXW Tag Team Champion. People know him, people like him, and now he's in this new role and he mm-hmm. will 
probably have a great 2018. Yeah, holding off on that big moment where the, the star is born is something WXW does really well. And yeah. this weekend was sort of about what they were doing. They were doing that with a lot of their homegrown guys, and I think a lot of people who, some of whom never have seen WXW before, came away from this weekend with a whole handful of new favorite wrestlers, <laughs> which is really cool. <laughs> yeah, we we at our in our group we have been talking about an, an all quote unquote native 16 karat with with yeah. all homegrown WXW stars, and I think especially after this weekend, after a lot of new new stars were created, not only for the WXW. A home audience in Germany, but also for international fans traveling. Um, that is something that could be possible if if you if you chose to do it. But of course, WXW um, wants to have people from all around the world mm-hmm. to really solidify their tournament as a worldwide spectacle. Yeah, well, I mean, a big story is that as it was announced, WXW next year are going to be looking to to fill, move into the the second room and fill the place with fifteen hundred people. Uh, all three, the first night, I don't think it quite hit one thousand this year, and then the other two yeah. exceeded it. Is that right? And uh, yeah, they, next year they could, they want to hit fifteen hundred. So yeah, I mean, I still think you could you could do that. Or you could come near because, like you mentioned, a lot of the German guys, every British or Irish fan that I talked to, the people they were talking about were were Avalanche. They were talking about lucky kids and as we mentioned before they were talking about bobby guns yeah for the first night they had like nine nine eighty or something like nine seventy i think um it's it's not like they they specifically said that they want to achieve 1500 people but they are just moving into the bigger building because it's just um, has more room for everybody to mm. to really get, get the uh, see the action. It's, sometimes it's 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 not that easy to follow along with three sides of standing room. Yeah. If you, if you're not that tall like Ollie and, and I <laughs> are, uh, it's sometimes sometimes difficult. But the bleachers they put up um, helped a lot this time. And uh, for the uh, next 16 karat goal, they will have the balcony area. That will also take away some. Um, people from um, the from the um, from ringside, and will probably create for a better atmosphere for everybody. Definitely. Um, another big story then uh, coming out of of the weekend uh, was the fraction of the of the rise faction that you mentioned earlier, Strigger. We had uh, John Klinger and Demac uh, win the tag titles from the ring camp team of uh, of Walter and Tim Thatcher on the third day. Uh, but the big story of this was the big turn that took place. Uh, Pete Bouncer, after uh, maybe you can fill us in on the background there, Strigger, after lots of teasing, um, turned on, on faction leader John Klinger. Pulling the tag belt off him after Klinger and Demac had won the belt and laying him out to an absolutely enormous reaction. They also teased the Ivan Kiev turning and leaving with him. There was lots of of story into this, uh, even just the match itself taking place. The fact that Klinger uh, put himself into the match to team with Demac to to take this title shot. Uh, can you fill the, fill the people in? Maybe you, you don't follow WXW extremely closely on uh, on what the story was here and why the crowd was just so. Molten Hoffer for Pete Bouncer to, to turn uh, as he did here. Well, first of all, the story with Ivan Kiev and Pete Bouncer is that Bad Bones wanted Ivan Kiev for Rise, but Ivan Kiev wanted Pete Bouncer to be in Rise as well. And then Pete Bouncer got injured, and Bad Bones has been bad mouthing Pete Bouncer all all the time um, since the Rise storyline started. 
he was the one without a belt at the point that everybody in Rise had a belt. Pete Bonser didn't have a belt, and um, they... <clears throat> Excuse me, Pete Bouncer and Ivan Kiev, they are a tag team in other promotions. For example, in Maximum Wrestling, one of the promotions that promotions that we saw mm. at the Wrestling Deutschland event. And they, they were, were a tag team there, yeah. Exactly, they were, were in a different role. Uh, they didn't wear their rice colors, they were all, all dressed in black. And they are the Purge Club in Maximum Wrestling. And so in this WXW environment, they are in the rice um, faction, but... Pete Bouncer and Ivan Kiev, there are different factions in Rise. Pete Bouncer and Ivan Kiev are clearly the friends. And then there is the Young Lions. They are brothers. And then there is Bad Bones and Damag, who are close. Because Bad Bones brought Damag into Rise without the other guys of Rise really accepting that. And that creates really so many, many opportunities for them to go forward with the with the Rise storyline because at this point Pete Bouncer has, has turned on Bad Bones and Ivan Kiev left him, uh, leaving with Rise but because the, the ties between Ivan Kiev and Pete Bouncer are so, so mm-hmm. close they could easily move Pete ba- uh, move move Ivan Kiev to Pete Bouncer without um, without it being not logic, mm. not logical. Uh, this rise stuff has just been so hot over the past few months, and really since this Pete Bouncer story of him rebelling has begun, there's been some incredible visuals of like Klinger shoving the belt in his face and him yeah. staring him down. I think Bouncer is an actor as his oh. as his shoot job, so I think that helps a lot because he can just get those facial expressions down perfectly. And <laughs> the uh, the free camera setups as well that they've been doing, the free camera promos where it's like Rise team meetings and Klinger at the head of the table sort of telling everyone off as they sit down have just been so compelling because they get those facial expressions of every single guy around the table reacting to what the other guys said. It's It's been very very interesting stuff and like really driven shotgun for the past couple of months so i think that the big reaction for bouncer turning and the big reaction for this rise drama which is predominantly taking place outside the ring uh shows that the stuff that they're doing with shotgun right now is being well received by the majority of the audience yeah and the great thing about this is that pete bouncer's last match in wxw was on november was on november 4 2017 and he's gotten hugely over since then <laughs> yes the reaction that he that he got was maybe the the second loudest reaction after Ilya Dragunov winning the championship and that reaction has been created through shotgun and through nothing else because of all these insane visuals that they had you mentioned it only with Bones shoving his belt into Bones' face and Bones are being so angry and then we have this story here that uh, even Kiev said he would challenge for the WXW tag titles with Pete Bones and Pete Bones are getting off his jacket and <laughs> people were going crazy for that but they went even crazier for, even, for um, Pete Bones are then turning on, on Rise 
Uh, and what what a lovely jacket it is as well. Everything about the the presentation of Rise is so good as well. Just that entrance you mentioned, Ollie, the the facials that that that, that he's pulling when he's when he's looking at Walter and just just seeing them all lined up on the stage, they come across as a a big time act. Um, and they're just something that yeah, WXW. It, it's a it's a it's a group that you know early on I think some were were critical of Rise and and weren't, weren't really into it. But well, they've they've, they've turned from like a a knockoff NWO mm. in to like this intricate sub-story faction that like you you really care about each guy and his place within it it's not just a hive mind they are individuals and a lot of them are unhappy a lot of the time with <laughs> bad bones but they stay together for bad, the good bones. of the group was even keeping the the character going, wasn't he, in the media centre when we were doing oh, yeah. interviews? No, <laughs> most people were talking in kayfabe, and he 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 kind of was breaking kayfabe a little bit, but he he still had lots uh, bad to say, and he it was great, lots bad to say about Pete Bouncer, and he kind of played that character <laughs> up, and he just there's something about Bones, isn't it? He carries that aura around with him, and it just it becomes almost real at that point. Just just brilliant storytelling. Uh, after Rise had left them, we had uh, Volta take the microphone and uh, and thank Tim Thatcher for his his work in WXW and Ring Camp for, with uh, Thatcher uh, staying of we the saying and and leaving, uh, indicating he's going to be taking some time away from the company. He had a a mixed weekend really. Uh, obviously, didn't make it uh, to the final uh, of 16 carat, lost the tag belts, but he did also have a, have a big win in winning the Ambition tournament. Uh, this is the the tournament, the shoot style tournament that the WXW do um and tim thatcher is wanted uh to win this tournament for a long time it was great to to see him finally win it and we did all think that maybe that would be part one of a really successful weekend for tim thatcher uh, in kayfabe terms but it turned out to i suppose be the the big uh positive there ollie what did you make of uh, tim thatcher for the weekend because he was definitely a, another uh, mvp mm-hmm. throughout the three days I think what they've done with Thatcher and WXW, the total rehab of his character <laughs> has been, yeah, it's been tremendous. And like, we'd been on that journey with him. And obviously the, uh, the pre-tape on night one, they showed before his match and oh, on so the shotgun before, uh, 16 carat. Yeah. Of him just speaking, frankly, that's kind of what WXW does better than any other promotion or English speaking, pro- English slash German speaking promotion <laughs> anywhere is that, you get inside the characters' heads and you get taken on a journey with them. And I think Tim Thatcher, who was a wrestler who I hated, <laughs> you know, three, three or four years ago, he's just been completely rehabbed. His win at Tag League last year uh, was sort of like his defining moment, the moment where he completely got him as a wrestler. And I think it, being in this environment, being under the ring camp gimmick and like sort of being a leader in that tra- training academy has been a huge help for him and he's become such a better wrestler because of it um so it's a shame that it looks like he's gonna be taking time away now um but yeah that ambition win was sort of a payoff for all the work that he's done in wxw yeah yeah the, the thatcher situation is another one of those situations situations where wxw is leaving the crowd wanting more mm-hmm and now is the time that the crowd wants more from Thatcher, and now they have to wait for it. And, may, and maybe he'll be back sooner or later, but the crowd is definitely waiting for it. It's always it's always funny to me when people talk about how how WXW has has rehabbed, as you mentioned it, Oli um, has rehabbed 
Thatcher because for me, I really don't follow Evolve very much. So I, I, I never understood this to Thatcher hate because first time I saw Thatcher was in 2012 when he made uh, his debut in Ambition, in Ambition 3. And I wouldn't say I was on board with him from from that point on, but over the the time that he has performed for WXW, he has been in WXW in 2013, 15, 16. He has matches. He has had matches all over the place. In 2017, obviously, became part of Ringkampf. He has always been a guy that I liked, and with the presentation on Shotgun, especially the final promo going in, the go home show for 16 Carat was absolutely amazing, and people were going crazy for Tim Thatcher like I've never seen a crowd go crazy for Thatcher. I immediately texted Vinny Massaro, is a good friend of of um, Tim Thatcher, and he was so happy because. We all know that that Tim Thatcher is so happy to be in this place in WXW right now, and he is happy with the place he has in the wrestling academy. And I hope he'll be back very soon. Yeah, I think I've never. I mean, that that evolve comparison is perfect for Tim Thatcher because I've never been a fan of Tim Thatcher in any other setting. I don't know what it is about WXW that turns people into into Tim Thatcher fans, but I walked away a huge fan. He's just. He's a great babyface in this setting as well because there was, as you mentioned there, Strigger, the fans get behind him and there was a point where, because I think they know that he's kind of one of their own now, but there were points where there were children banging on the ring apron while Thatcher was in the ring making a comeback in his semi-final match and I was just watching it thinking I never thought I'd see Tim Thatcher, <laughs> this kind of huge hero. So yeah, it's just, it's a real credit to, to what WXW have done with him and yeah, I guess we'll, we'll see what the uh, what they do with him going forward uh, when he does uh, finally come back. Um, before we move on, I mean, any other notes for, from the weekend? Uh, one name we should probably mention is is Bobby Guns. He got over <laughs> huge to the uh, European, to the British and Irish contingent, mainly the Irish contingent. He he had a, a really good weekend for him. Almost a, a star making uh, weekend for him. Uh, for the people uh, on our in our part of the world, he had an incredible match on night two with a uh, speedball Mike Bailey with some of the best intricate finger work I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> even at one point taping uh, speedball Mike Bailey's finger to the back of his hand. It was just, I think Mike Bailey <laughs> is a disgusting. Tri- it's just gross, isn't it? He's triple jointed. I couldn't quite make this one out live in the building, but I thought it was just uh once I watched it back on the VOD, just almost vomit inducing. Yeah, they've as I mentioned I mentioned Bobby Guns before, they have really built him up slowly, but throughout 2017 he has beaten some uh, some big opponents he at last year's carrot he had a singles match with Koji Kanemoto that he won then at WXW Superstars of Wrestling at a match with Drago that he won then he had this big match where um, basically the Damek storyline um, with Damek being um, Locked out of his own hometown when Bobby <laughs> Guns beat him in his hometown so of, of Hamburg, and um, he became a bigger star through that. And then he beat Homicide at Tag League, and um, he won the WXW Shotgun Championship and was relegated to the Road to 16 Carat League. And he said, "I'm not doing that kind of bullshit. Either I'm in or I'm out." And then he just uh, chose his opponent for 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 the 16 Carat. Gold weekend and he he went out and won the match. <laughs> he is one of those guys that is 
going to be a major star for WXW. He already is a star, but if he's moved to the heavyweight picture, he will be in there right away. People will accept him as such. And um, just because WXW has, has done such a great job with him and his character, and because he's playing this character so well with the smoking break that he has on WXW shotgun, that comes off great in German and in, in, in English, which, which is important too. Uh, yeah, just just a great character. Yeah, they've done so much good work with him over the past year, um, and also he 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 has that babyface potential as well, which we saw after yeah. he got destroyed by Ringkampf. Like he he is a nasty piece of work in his uh, smoking break promos, but <laughs> he does have that sort of you know jerk with a heart of gold nature as well. He can be anything they want him to be. He's gotten really really good in the ring as well. I thought this Bailey match was one of his best ever. Um, and yeah, <laughs> he's just so much more confident now, and confidence is everything in wrestling in terms of becoming a star. Definitely, yeah. I think he, it's just that when he swivels those hips and he's smoking that cigarette, uh, <laughs> he's just yeah. There's just something that comes across like it, like a big star. And he's going to be uh, in London this weekend uh, for the WXW show they're doing in conjunction with Progress, taking on TK Cooper. And yeah, if anyone who listens to this goes to that sh- that show, I think you're going to be blown away by the the reaction. I know a lot of the people who uh, who went out to Germany uh, uh, go into that show, including yourself, Trigger. You're uh, flying out for that London show, aren't you? I think the the Bobby Gunn section is going to be going to be singing this weekend yeah it's it's basically it's going to be basically like the Ilya Dragunov section at the last London show where Ilya Dragunov already was a name that people heard of because of the 16 karat final against Walter last year but people had never experienced or some people had never experienced Ilya Dragunov live and it's going to be very similar for Bobby Gantz I think he's going to walk out of London a bigger star definitely um, I mean, before we move on, uh, Ollie, any other highlights for you for the weekend as a whole? I mean, for anyone who's not made the the trip, I would recommend it to anyone. It's an experience, whether it be the media, the the, the after parties. I mean, Ollie, you completed the uh, the weekend. You got to every show, including the uh, the the smaller shows that were going along the weekend, and including Ambition. Um, yeah. Any other highlights for you uh, from the weekend? What's uh, yeah, out? doing four shows in one day was a lot of fun. <laughs> going from wrestling cult in a very very grimy zinc, old zinc factory um, through to Ambition, then wrestling Deutschland with the the co-promoted show with six German promotions all running together, um, and then 16 Carat, and then the after party on Saturday night as well. So I think it was pretty much 18 hours straight of doing something wrestling-related. I mean, if that could be every day of my life, I'd, <laughs> I'd certainly take it. Uh, but yeah, that was so much fun, and yeah, I really good idea to encourage more events to be added to the weekend because you're in town to watch wrestling there's not a lot else to do in oberhausen no (laughs) (laughs) talk about wrestling and then watch wrestling uh so yeah just chuck all the shows at me because i'm gonna go to all of them yeah, I'm definitely uh, thinking I'm going to be going back for Tag League. I was just, I was won over by this weekend, like you said, just the experience of it. It's kind of where, where the shows take place, where the Turban and Haller is, isn't the the nicest of areas. Uh, I've mentioned before, it sounds, it feels a little bit like going to Wolverhampton to see Fight Club Pro. It looks like a, a bit of a dive from the outside, but once you get in, it's just one of the, the best venues in the world. But yeah, just as a weekend experience, getting to go to those smaller shows, getting to be there, you know, with with, uh, with fellow fans and you guys and just get to to just to be part of 
what felt like wrestling Christmas. It's kind of if you haven't got the, the maybe the money to make it out for a WrestleMania weekend, uh, I think this is a, a good alternative. Tag League in October or or next year for 16 carat. Uh, it's just an incredible weekend, and uh, yeah, I'd, I'd recommend it to anybody. Um, Strigger, have you got any any other highlights from the weekend uh, other than uh, us Brits and, uh, and Irish invading your shores and taking over? That's <laughs> yeah, always great to to see people that you usually only interact on uh, on Twitter or on any other um, social media platforms it's always great to see them in person get to talk to them get to talk to some wrestlers because WXW has always been a place where you just could just walk up to a wrestler and just chat with them mm. um, there isn't this 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 closed uh, closed circuit where you just ha can't go well there is the backstage area but the the um, for example the merchandise area you can always go walk up to wrestlers talk to them and they always uh, will reply nicely to you And also at the after-show parties, some wrestlers also attend these after-show parties, uh, and there are also some, always always some some great um, some great uh, um, scenes with wrestlers and fans on after-show parties. <laughs> um, it's 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 a unique experience, really. The after-show parties have always been uh, special in WXW history. They have moved them away from. Uh, The the centro where they used to be in the six in the 360 bar so in public which is, was always weird because when when you walked up to the 360 sports bar usually they were showing uh, football games but when WXW ran their aftershow parties they were showing they were showing wrestling and all the other people that were not wrestling fans uh, seeing that wrestling was on and 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 had And, and all these weird wrestling fans invading 360 bar was also always something very <laughs> special. But with the after show party being in the in the Tubin Halle where everything takes place, it ma makes much more sense. It's always always great. And also we haven't really talked about ambition. I'm I'm a big big fan of ambition, and I love that it, it is part of 16 karat gold. And and if you hear people like Walter or people like Jacobi talk about ambition you know that they are fans of the style and they want this to be a part of wxw they have it be a part of wxw through through 16 karat gold and it's it's great because you see the competitors in 16 karat in a different role mm -hmm. they, and they, they wrestle differently as well they, which is they wrestle, yeah they wrestle differently they wrestle in the kind of style that that, that is their fighting background basically um, for example, David Starr with his wrestling or um, Tim Thatcher with his wrestling. Then there are guys who have a judo background and they wrestle like it. It's, it's, al it's always great and fun to see. And this, this time was no different with the super fight, Walter versus Matt Riddle obviously being under ambition rules. It's always something special. I like it. I like it a lot. And I hope they'll continue that for a long, long time. Absolutely, yeah. Just a, an incredible weekend, like you say. The variety is there, whether it's Wrestling Deutschland, where you get to see all different promotions having shows, or like you say, a tournament like Ambition, where there's uh, just a completely different style on show. It's a, it's a weekend I recommend anybody take. Uh, I, I managed to get myself a 60 euro fine on the first day for getting the bus and getting the wrong ticket. Don't let that kind of stuff put you <laughs> off, but do pay attention to the other Brits and the and the Germans like Strigger, who, uh, who tell you to make sure you get all that stuff sorted. Don't be a, a silly foreigner like me um but yeah incredible weekend of wrestling and yeah i again would implore anybody to make the trip or to check it out on uh, on wxw's on demand as all three shows are up at the moment and all three with english commentary with just some fantastic matches and some fantastic stories told as well 
before we go then uh, we had uh, two big news uh, items in BritRes uh, come through in the last 24 hours and we couldn't uh, end the show without talking about them one of which apologies to Strigger we managed to uh, ruin the result of the New Japan Cup today uh, in giving him the show notes for this one uh, uh, so for anyone who avoiding spoilers do turn off now but Zack Sabre Jr. Uh, won the New Japan Cup he beat Hiroshi Tanahashi in the final with his orienteering with napalm death finisher that's what he calls her anyway um and then challenged the okada to a title match i mean firstly what a run of matches for zach saber jr what an accomplishment for a a brit a full-time british wrestler to win this tournament uh and in dominant fashion as well with just some fantastic matches ollie uh just an incredible tournament for zach saber jr yeah he's got the big scalps there in naito ibushi Sanada and Tanahashi that's <laughs> that's kind of a, a who's who of New Japan right now um and yeah they've strapped a rocket to him clearly um and he feels like every equal of Okada he feels like a, a major threat to Okada they've given him Takamichi Noku as a hype man who's perfect in that role uh I, I love Takamichi Noku <laughs> I really he's hope the, that he's his... the ghetto he's the ghetto <laughs> yeah he's for, for he's him. He's the evil ghetto. <laughs> uh, so that'll be a fun interaction. And like they've just they've just upped his presentation to that next level and they clearly want him to be a star for them. And I think <laughs> Zach is probably very vindicated in choosing New Japan over WWE after they <laughs> offered him after the Cruiserweight Classic because well, obviously the guys the WWEK guys are doing great right now, but they are very much in a in a no man's land and not really yeah. making moves, whereas Sabre Jr. is about to headline one of New Japan's biggest five shows of the year. Yeah, Kota Ibushi is another one, right? So uh, wise decision making on their part. The matches that Zack Sabre had, I haven't haven't seen the final yet. I'm going to do that right after we get here, get finished here. Uh, the matches that he had with Naito and Ibushi, I really liked those matches. Loved the Ibushi one, but the Zanada one. That was really special. Such beautiful pro wrestling. Two guys who are masters of their own style in transitioning from move to move, transitioning from submission to submission, from hold to hold. Just amazing. But And, and, and not l- making it look contrived, but, but making it look like a real struggle. That was the that was what, what, what made Zaber and, and Zanata so special. And And also, Zack Sabre, as a top guy in in New Japan, brings something completely different to the table. I tweeted it out, I think, um, right after the Zanada match. He brings such a nice change of pace in in, 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 um, New Japan matches, because New Japan main events are now, these days, are really high-paced matches that have big moves, big kickouts. Um, the best example for that is the Omega Naito final of, of uh, last year's G1 Climax. Um, so these, these matches that Zack Sabre do, they are slow-paced, they are methodical, but the people like it because he he is a guy that makes you believe in what he does inside the ring and that gets you invested into how he 
he is bending his opponent like 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 he shouldn't bend a man <laughs> and that's <laughs> that's just what what puts Zack Saber on top in New Japan these days and also the presentation you mentioned it with Takamichi Noko and also with Zack Saber himself delivering some killer lines for example after the Zanata match where he said that um, Tanashi you're a legend but you need to fall and the only thing holding you together is together is tape and your hairspray that was an amazing line <laughs> amazing yeah he's just been great and he it's kind of him being in suzuki goon which was something i wasn't expecting to enjoy it's been a perfect fit for him because it's brought out this this more dickish uh side to, to zach saber jr he's definitely it amplifies his personality and i think we're far removed as well from when we i mean me and you ollie when he first came in we talked about it on our previous show we weren't sure if he was coming into new japan to be a junior but he, he's coming as a heavyweight and he's gotten over uh the people have gotten behind him as you mentioned struggle every time he every time he does you know one of his weird submissions or bends an arm you can hear the crowd ooing and mm. arm with him they've it stands gave... out in that style as struggle mm. says <laughs> yeah. he's not a tanahashi or an okada he's a he's a different beast he's actually junior exactly he's something completely different so yeah that'll be really interesting to see sakura genesis i believe is the date for for him and okada so it'll be uh, great to see a, a brit in there in an iwgp uh, title match uh, over in japan um one other note then before we go maybe also good news i'm not sure uh, five star wrestling <laughs> oh, good um, good news maybe maybe not for the wrestlers uh, although i'd expect uh, a lot the the wrestlers uh, went in with their eyes wide open to five star wrestling and this was always a possibility five star wrestling is uh, closed operations uh, as of yesterday um we had some uh, after uh, we did our last show where uh, some news came through where it, it, we got some ratings for Five Star on Free Sports the, we saw the top 10 shows for Free Sports and the number 10 show did a uh, I think 18k or so viewers and five star wrestling was nowhere to be seen um which mm. gave you the impression that they were probably doing in the range of a 15k or lower um it was a bad deal from the start they were running arenas they were doing three hour shows every week um again to a not very big tv audience um i mean part of me wants to say it's a shame it is a shame for the wrestlers who who won't be getting that payday um, and it, I suppose it was a shame that we, one of our more favoured promotions over in BritRes didn't get the, the TV opportunity, but maybe we shouldn't say that. Maybe, Ollie, we should be glad that it's a five-star who <laughs> took this bullet, took um, bullet. <laughs> and wasted all of this money because, yeah, it could. I, I can't believe it lasted this long, to be honest. Yeah, it surprised me that they even made it to broadcast, and I think it was four episodes in the end that they did. But yeah, what a disaster of a company <laughs> and i feel like i've been talking about them for literally the entire time i've been podcasting about wrestling <laughs> and like, it's over I think finally <laughs> <laughs> so I, I feel a bit vindicated but two years of my life can finally you know, i can finally move on from this story but it it won't will not come back from the dead this time but <laughs> finally we can bury it I mean, uh, not in that sense but literally bury it question is it's will they be back Strigger, have you been following this hopefully not I've, I've, I've not followed it i'm saying hopefully not because not not for the of course for the wrestlers it's bad it's 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 a payday that's that's ruined for them i'm of, of course uh, thinking that they got paid um <laughs> Hmm. But, but it, it, it was a, it, from the from the very beginning was a business model that made absolutely no sense, and I'm really surprised that it that it lasted so long, and that it died down now is absolutely no surprise. 
Indeed, and yeah, I'd, I'd like to say uh, good riddance, and we won't see them back. But I thought that the last time. Uh, I wouldn't put it. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if in two years we find out there's another arena tour, and it's and it's five star doing it again. But hopefully not. I mean, this time I think there were a lot of wrestlers who refused to do the second tour. Um, there were fans who, I mean, I went to their first show and got him free. I'd never have bought a ticket for five star, but there are fans who have bought tickets for future five star events, and they've lost out. They can't get refunds at the moment it's just it's a whole mess um so yeah it's been a bit of a a blight on british wrestling five-star wrestling um we're kind of as ollie mentioned we're at the end of the story uh but they've certainly done some damage in the meantime although i suppose that damage is limited if we're saying that less than fifteen thousand people were seeing their tv show yeah, in pre-sport barely a blip at the end of the day just a, a very very strange one <laughs> that's some uh, cold comfort we can uh, can definitely take uh, before we go then, guys, uh, any plugs? Uh, Strigger, uh, where can we find you uh, on the internet uh, for people not familiar with your work? Yeah, you mentioned it. I'm doing podcast for MLW. Not that regularly this month. Uh, there, I've been very busy uh, with my shoot job, so I didn't really have the time to do something. I'm probably going to be talking about the New Japan Cup very soon. Um you can find me on MLWRadio.com. I'm doing the Eastern Lariat podcast with my man Dylan. Usually every two weeks when we get the time. Sometimes, um, sometimes weekly, sometimes bi-weekly. Just, uh, just the way that the two of us are able to get together. And um, you can find me on Twitter as well at Strigger S T R I G A. You can uh, find me on CageMatch.net. You can find me on Pearlof.com where I post. Uh, results from all kind of weird wrestling promotions in Japan like Kyushu Pro Wrestling, like Heart Hit, like Heat Up, like any other groups that um, that you probably or maybe maybe may have heard of, but I wouldn't be surprised if nobody had heard of them <laughs> ever before. And uh, I guess that's it. Yes, that's it. <laughs> Ollie? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at another Ollie. Uh, I do another podcast for Voices of Wrestling, uh, Brit Rest Roundtable, so check that out too. Um, and I'm also reviewing 16 Carat Night 2 for Voices of Wrestling. We're going to have all three nights up this week, I believe. Awesome. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at BensonRichardE. Uh, we'll be back in two weeks with Martin talking the Dream Tag Team Invitational from Fight Club Pro. So stay tuned to postwrestling.com and check out uh, that and all the other podcasts there. Uh, bye for now. We'll catch you again in two weeks.